Spalon Montage is the Twin Cities premier salon and spa destination and proud official hair sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. With three convenient locations in Edina, Woodbury, and Chanhassen, there is a Spalon close to you. Visit online at Spalon.com. The 2023-24 NFL season is finally coming to a close as Super Bowl week commences right here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. My name is Gabe Henderson. It is a full cast inside the TCO radio studio today. Jay Nelson's here. Tatum Everett is here. Lindsey Young is here. And our producer, Eric Davidson, is on the ones and twos. And Lindsey, first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Secondly, you were at the Pro Bowl this past week in Orlando. Uh, What a spectacle it was. I I watched a little bit online. Uh, I think it was one of those things when I turned it on, I was like, there's a lot of people there. And just understanding that there's no tackle football anymore, that the games have been reimagined for you. Just what was that experience like being down in Orlando uh, last week? Yeah, first of all, guys, thanks for having me back on. I always love joining the podcast. Um, and, yeah, being in Orlando was was really fun. So I was with a crew. There were five uh, total people uh, with our crew from Vikings Entertainment Network, and we flew in Thursday morning. And so to your point, Gabe, like the, the Pro Bowl format has changed so much to to now where it's the NFL Pro Bowl games. So they had the, the skills challenge on Thursday night, which was really fun. Fun to watch. And of course, uh, Andrew DePaula, one of our, our three Pro Bowlers down there, along with CJ Hammond, Neil Hunter. Andrew was able to kind of bring home a win for the <laughs> NFC in the snapshots game, which was really fun. And I know that that people enjoyed that. Uh, so they had the skills challenge on Thursday. And then on Sunday, it kind of all culminates with the four quarters of flag football. And then in between those quarters, they had some additional skills challenges. And so they had a tug of war. They had the gridiron gauntlet. Like you mentioned, there were a ton of people there. Uh, the Pro Bowl was hosted at Camping World Stadium, and there were 55,000-plus oh, wow. fans wow. who were there. The cool thing is, too, is that before the Pro Bowl games, they have the uh, Youth Flag Football Championships. So there were a lot of fans there for that and then really filled in for the flag football game. And it's cool because the the score of the flag football game combines with the score from the skills challenges. So if it was just the flag football game, the AFC actually would have won, but the NFC team absolutely dominated in all of those skills challenge mini games. And so they ended up coming away with the win, which was, which was really fun to see. Um, And I think the best thing about the Pro Bowl is just the guys are really having fun, but you can't, you know, it's, it's more low key. It's not tackle, but like you cannot take the competitiveness out for these guys. I think it felt a little bit low key. And then as soon as it hit the fourth quarter, like things were, things were ramped up and it really did come down to the final play uh, that the AFC went on, on fourth down and bears cornerback Jalen Johnson ended up breaking up the pass sealing an NFC win. So it was fun to see how excited the guys get down there. As far as the competitive nature of all that kind of stuff goes, I mean, the fact that they're now funneling this into more of the skills challenge and that kind of a thing too, was there any kind of uh, trash talking or anything that you saw going on during that time just as a collective, you know, like all the stuff that I saw, whether it was watching it live or even the, the playback pieces, you saw a huge rally from 
a lot of the guys on the sideline just it felt like everyone was really into it as far as you know challenge by challenge went so during the week the most trash talking that i feel like you saw was between eli and peyton manning (laughs) no joke so so if anybody doesn't know eli manning coaches the nfc team and peyton coaches afc and like that sibling rivalry is very real Mm -hmm. um so that was really fun to watch uh the nfc has now won the past two two years with eli there as head coach and I think it just really irks Peyton but it was fun to watch especially like during the tug of war you could definitely see those guys the big guys kind of like jawing at one another and had a lot of fun with that so I think it's one of those things that guys enjoy connecting with different players around the league but as Andrew DePaula said kind of as everything was wrapping up he's like it's fun it's low-key to a certain extent, but like at the end of the day, nobody wants to get bested. Sure. So you still are going for that win. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, they're athletes at, at the heart of it all, right? I mean, they they'd compete in locker room games all the time. So it's not surprising they have fun with it. I like I like the new format. I think it really is kind of refreshing to see the more personalities from them. They're not so focused on like a game plan and worrying about, you know, their assignments and their playbooks and stuff. They can just go and relax. And like you said, just have a good time. Yeah, I like it too. I'm a fan of the new format. I think before, even when it was a quote, real game, it still really wasn't. It was really dumbed down because people didn't want to get hurt. And so it's like, you've got guys in helmets and full pads, but the game is really slowed down, not wanting to tackle too hard. And so I think to Tatum's point, like it, you get to just see guys' personalities. Um, I think just literally seeing them without helmets on, I think fans enjoy that, appreciate that. The players are more laid back. I know a lot of different guys were signing autographs before and after the games, especially for kids. So it's just a really good atmosphere. That's awesome. I know we, before we uh, started this podcast, you were saying that the Andrew DePaula long snap, I guess that segment of him – just doing his thing was our highest viewed video on Facebook since week one. <laughs> since the beginning of the season. Wow. Yeah. So working smarter, not harder, I guess, right? <laughs> just killing it for Andrew DePaula. Um, yeah, I you know, we were talking, Gabe, I don't know how all the algorithms work and yeah. stuff like that. But I do think it is really fun to see fans like rally so much yeah. behind um guys on the team that just have high character, good personality, like their position is not flashy. I mean, yep. our three pro bowlers, like we had a long snapper and a full back and then of course Daniel Hunter as outside linebacker but those guys get such a good following I think with their families and everything and it didn't hurt that Andrew was competing with Jason Kelsey who has kind of been in the media uh, a little bit extra lately so <laughs> so I think that I think that made the video uh, even more popular that's that's awesome my, my question is just thinking of how you also get to relax a little bit like I know the players get a chance to take a deep breath but for you What does that look like with VN and everybody being down there in Florida? There were definitely moments of chaos, and then there were moments where we got to sort of chill and and take a breath, and I think it was a good balance. It was fun each day going to practice and figuring out who we were going to talk to that day, what we were going to get for interviews. Highlight for me, probably to nobody's surprise, was that on Friday late afternoon, uh, there were three of us from VEN, myself and Alex Worley and Ali Rusco, and then Lainey Austin joined as well. We uh, met up with the DePaula family at Magic Kingdom. Nice. And the DePaulas had like 21 total people, wow. family members. Um, it was mostly all family members and then a close friend of Andrew's and his family. But 
it was really cool to meet up with them and just kind of see Andrew in full dad mode, you know, like nobody, he, he's like, nobody's going to recognize me. I'm just a regular guy standing in line, getting pretzels and popcorn for my kids. Um, but after we spent some time gathering content with Andrew, then we were able to kind of just hang out at the park there for, for the rest of the night. And that was really fun. It's good too, I think, just to like bond with coworkers in a place that's like away from the facility. Um, and we enjoyed the the warmer weather. I think people could tell that we were from Minnesota because it started cooling <laughs> off. It was like, you know, 50s or whatever, and most of us were still wearing either short sleeves or, like, a light sweatshirt. There's one woman walking by in a parka. Like, <laughs> that would have been me. That would have still been me, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was good. It was a good trip. One thing I love about it, too, is just these guys getting their recognition and to see Andrew – not only get recognized for that, but also like the sled work uh, drill that was done when they, they won as well. So like to have those guys down there, you know, what was kind of their mood or their their feeling of being able to participate in this year's Pro Bowl? From all three of our guys, it's something that they don't take for granted. Obviously, Daniil being there more times, it was his fourth time and it was uh, second for CJ and for Andrew. But you kind of got the same vibe from all three that they – don't take it for granted that they are well-respected by their peers and by coaches um, and obviously also the fan component as well. And they all brought their families along, which was really cool to see. Daniil brought his parents and his siblings, so an older group um, of family members. But to see Andrew and CJ, you know, have their kids down there, um, some younger cousins as well. And just to see, like, how I think it makes them really proud that they're able to give their family that type of an experience. And I know Andrew's wife, Amy, had said, like, it's really awesome that we're here at Disney World and it's fun to all do this as a family. But, like, the best part is that we're all able to do this because of Andrew's accomplishments and because of how hard he works. So I think there's just kind of that that um, overall feeling of pride and accomplishment for sure. Well, as we as we move on, I know Pro Bowl is such a, a great time to, you know, relax and the guys kind of get to be themselves, be around their family. We, we do have to, you know, move forward and think about the Super Bowl in life after the Super Bowl when the new league year starts. For for you going into the Super Bowl before we talk Vikings offseason, do you have a favorite Chiefs or 49ers that you expect to come out victorious after Sunday's game? We can make predictions. Yeah, right? Right? No, no, yeah. Which no, is exciting. I, we like, never really get to do that. This is I, nice. I feel like my prediction is that the Chiefs will win, but I'm pulling for the Niners. So that's why I was hesitating. I'm like, I want the Niners to win. I think my prediction is probably that the Chiefs will win. I think they're just rolling right now. Yeah. Um, and but but we'll see. I mean, they obviously both have have big pieces. I think a lot of it will come down to the Niners' defense and and if they can obviously stop Patrick Mahomes. But prediction is the Chiefs. It's so tough to bet against Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. tough. Like, what do you guys think? Well, they're so comfortable being there. They. Right. They're like, oh, we do this every year. We go to the AFC Championship. We win it half <laughs> yeah. the time, yeah. and we're in this position. So, like, everyone there knows how this works. And the Niners have been to the NFC Championship with three straight seasons yeah. before being able to yeah. win. So I think, like, that there's something to that. Um, I I do love seeing different teams win, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I'm with you though. I think the Chiefs win, but I'm also just so biased right now. I'll be very, very. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's also like, like as a football fan who enjoys watching it from like, like the women fan side of things, I do like how I get to see the women that root for those teams, yeah. um, like their supportive partners on both sides. Because I, I think the whole like Christian Uzcheck. Um, yeah, doing a lot of uh, her her really. I mean, I'm into fashion, so I love her game day <laughs> sure. outfits and yeah. and how her and Claire Kittle always have like they're on point. They're always there supporting their guys. Olivia Culpo will be there. So like, yeah. and I know people are like, oh, Taylor Swift, but like Olivia Culpo has a huge <laughs> following. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. that's Christian McCaffrey's fiance. So for me, it's like it's it's kind of a star-studded thing. I'm excited to see Usher. I'm ex- I'm more excited for like the ancillary events. I want to <laughs> yeah. see the game. I'm excited about the game, but I'm not gonna lie. When it comes down to like the Vikings not being in it, I kind of just like the whole spectacle of the Super Bowl. Like I like watching the media day videos and I yeah. like seeing all the stuff leading up to it. And I'm really excited to see Usher. Did I say that? Just yeah. I'm excited for Usher too. <laughs> I just I, honestly, I feel like Usher is the loser in all of this. Yeah. <laughs> like like with, with all due respect, and I love Usher, but only if Taylor he, Swift. He can only win if Taylor he brings Taylor out there. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't he have like a new album coming out like the day after the Super well, Bowl? Well, he just He's announced like, his world tour, I think, or something. Or not, it was his U.S. tour. I feel like if Taylor Swift is not on that album, he, he loses. <laughs> like, she, not, just released her, she just released her new album and Post Malone's on it and he's not so isn't Post Malone doing like the national anthem or, or something yeah, yeah. he's so, doing yeah. America the Beautiful America, America the Beautiful yeah. you're right, you're oh, right I'm so. excited about yeah. that yeah. and that's the thing like I think the Super Bowl in general has turned into such a spectacle like it is all the ancillary stuff for that that is the the talker because it, it, it the old joke was the idea of you went to a commercial and a football game broke out. Well, with the Super Bowl, it's like you're going to a giant party. And, oh, by the way, we're playing for a Lombardi trophy. Like, that that's where it's turned into, let alone the fact that you're in Las Vegas, which is even a giant, Crazier. you know, more of a spectacle. Gosh, I can't wait to see all those videos that come out. And what's crazy, too, is, like, the idea that Usher, right, he just got done doing a residency in at Vegas. The, at, in Vegas. Yeah, he and now, there, oh, by the way, stick around. We're going to stick you at the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show. So at least he's been able to practice where it's he's like going to play kind yeah, of a the thing. the first guy who's, like, ever been outshined or the first person who's been outshined at a halftime show by like people that are attending <laughs> everybody else is gonna be hanging out but but to me like that is what the Super Bowl has turned into at this point it's just elevated to a different level because of the storylines that have been happening throughout the rest of the season yeah, I, mean, so, I, I can't eat, probably can't have a bathroom break or anything the <laughs> whole entire no. thing from start to finish no. well you can't miss a commercial but that's the crazy thing too is to think about it's almost more of a spectacle for people at home than it is for people at the event. Yeah. You know, this year they've got, they've added Tiesto as a DJ and stuff like that for Mm -hmm. it. But even when they had the Super Bowl here at, at us bank stadium, they had some things during those commercial breaks, but it really was more of a thing for people at home because it's like, did you see this movie trailer? Did you see this commercial? And everyone talking about all the other stuff. So yeah, it, it has turned into a thing where it's almost appointment viewing and you don't feel like you can get up from your couch, <laughs> which to be honest with you is kind of the way they want it. You know, they want it to be that kind of a, an event. But now they do like post it and you can see, like, sure. like I forgot the Grammys were on. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. I know that's probably not on my, not part of my brand, but I totally forgot that the Grammys were on and you can go back and mm-hmm. watch all the videos. I watched all the performances and did everything retroactively 
when I, you know, all the stuff that I missed before I turned it on. But like, yeah. that's what's great about it because they release all the commercials. But if you watch the commercials later, you can't live tweet <laughs> about how much everybody is loving like the new Doritos commercial. I actually, I, I look at Twitter, but I, I, if you ever notice on my account, I'm not much of a live tweeter. I'm just really, it's not, I don't know. I probably should. But. Only, only time I live tweet is if I actually watch the game and having a newborn, there's not many opportunities for me to do that. So that's the only chance I get to do it. But just thinking about like the business perspective of it, right? Like this is, this is as good as it gets. Vegas, Taylor Swift, uh, Usher, just the the two. Te- I mean, it it honestly seems staged if you really look at just <laughs> all the the variables and stakeholders that are adding to the the at, that are adding fuel to the fire. Jay, well, you're running back Super Bowl Fifty Four at this point, right? So yeah. it's like you know who these two teams are. They've been talkers all year. They've had the roller coaster of you know peaks and valleys of just the entire season. I think talking football for half a second here, like one of the biggest things for oh, wait, me. Wait, is this a football podcast? One of the biggest things for me that I th- think is going to be a gigantic thing to watch is the idea of what does the Chiefs defense do? You yeah. know, how do they how do they deal with the Niners? Because they secretly have really locked down everybody this entire season. They're holding opponents to 17.3 points a game during the regular season and 13.7 points a game in the postseason. And so flip that now to San Francisco is averaging 398 yards a game and 28.9 points a game. So like it's just kind of a weird, yeah. weird bit here where you've got such a lockdown defense and a rock star offense. Yeah. And per usual, the idea of at least in the past, um, you want to have a really good defense in the playoffs to kind of stifle an offense. But one thing we know is that Shanahan always has some kind of crazy game yeah. plan and and just to see kind of the titans of a a really good Chiefs defense going against that San Francisco offense is going to be really fun to watch. The one thing that I am in all seriousness like really looking forward to watching is how Brock Purdy does in this situation. Um I'm definitely rooting for him. I love his story. But he is obviously young. He's he's inexperienced in a situation like this. So you know, Jay, like, will that Chiefs defense be able to rattle him? And I think that that can obviously have a big impact on the game to see how consistently Brock Purdy plays. They obviously have Christian McCaffrey, though, too, and and, and other weapons that they can use. But I think that that, you know, that's going to be a big key in the game is whether or not um, Purdy can, you know, keep control of the ball, maintain possession for his guys. But I think, yeah, a lot of eyes will be on that Chiefs defense for sure. I think you hit that right on the head, Lindsay. I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, Pat Mahomes and just him being great. And and that's one thing that really stands out to me is, you know, I don't really care who wins, but if Pat Mahomes wins, I will appreciate his greatness a little bit more. And yeah. I think that's something that's kind of going under the radar is like, hey, we're, we're actually witnessing greatness. Like we're in real time, but to the point – of what I think the the model of this Super Bowl will be, I think it'll be Brock Purdy versus Steve Spagnuolo, uh, the the Chiefs defensive coordinator, and how Steve orchestrated that defense a couple of weeks ago against Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, that was a work of art. So to see how they, you know, I guess draw up this defense against uh, an offense that really makes their money in between the hash marks, we know. This is a 49ers offense that 80% of their plays or passes thrown or passes completed are within the hash mark. So how does that fare against a Steve Max Spagnolo defense that pretty much has, what, arguably the, the youngest defense in the NFL? So I'm excited to see what that looks like. But but also, to, to Jay's point, just the business and the, the star-studded event. Like, this is going to be probably one of the 
greatest Super Bowls that we've ever seen. I mean, just think about all the experience from the coach's perspective, the player's perspective, and then you get, I guess, the entertainment value on top of that. I think this is this could be arguably one of the greatest Super Bowls in, in NFL history. I was just – this thought just came to mind. I think it was Tatum. You just brought up, you know, maybe it's, it may be better watching the game at home. I don't know if that was Jay or Tatum that said that. but yeah, No, Jay's, not me because okay. I'm definitely going to a party and I, I need right. to be surrounded by some – Taylor Swift faithful because I can't be around my husband who hates it. <laughs> right, but you'll still be watching it from a home on TV, not true. So it's it's funner to oh, watch you on mean TV. Like at a bar yeah, or just, something? yeah, just like being there, being there, being there versus watching oh, being it. There. Being there okay. versus not Sorry, being there. Sorry, now I'm following. Um, I, I was just listening to PA's interview with Gary Kubiak earlier this week. And yeah, Gary that was Kub- a good one. Really good. Gary yeah. Kubiak says he's not even going to. He has tickets, but he's not going to the game because he actually wants to watch the game and just actually see. Everything that surrounds the actual spectacle, I think that's going to be uh, that was something that really stood out to me, and I think that's going to be really key for for everyone that's involved. Is with he the, the giving spectac- away the tickets? I think his wife. <laughs> I think I his, his wife. I think he said his wife and like his grandkids are going. Oh, oh good, so, good. Yeah. I mean, I figured that would, that would be a ticket he could give but, to but if someone. Not, I'm someone sure, would want to go. I'm sure Pierre would be like, "Hey, just give it to Tatum." She, she really <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate yeah, that, guys. You know, I want to go see Usher in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it's going to be a really cool uh, event. I'm not sure. Who knows? Like, who? Th- this is one of those games where it's fifty-fifty. Like. We don't it's going to be some gonna of the win. best coaching I think we'll ever see. Those I mean, totally agree. The Shanahan versus Reed, yeah. the like you said with Spagn- uh, Steve Spagnola. Like I mean, it's just going to be, it's going to be really really fun to watch. It's kind of like an old guard versus yeah. the new guard in yeah. a sense yep. too. Um, you've got like the and, and like just back to the point of like the Chiefs have been there before. The 49ers have it's kind of a new thing for all of them. So I mean, yeah, I think it's going to be it's very compelling. I will say. I just hope it's a it's a close game. I mm-hmm. hope that regardless of which team wins, I hope it's it's not any type of blowout. I know I'm sure fans, the script says that. Right, right. <laughs> it better be in the script. It better be. <laughs> I know fans generally tend to like the higher scoring games. Like for me, I don't necessarily like. Sometimes I think the lower scoring games are are equally as compelling just to watch those defenses make things happen. But as long as it's a close game, I'll be happy. I agree, but I don't agree. <laughs> because I'm I'm just thinking about like everyone that so like my eight year old niece, right? Like she only is watching the game to see when the camera's gonna pan to Taylor Swift. But at the same time, she wants to see a high-scoring game because if it doesn't pan, she's like, well, oh, my gosh, like, this is football? Like, this is, yeah, you know, it's like sure. a Pac-12 football game, RIP <laughs> to the Pac-12. <laughs> 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 Shots fired. <laughs> so I'm, I'm interested to see, like, how it will play out. But I'm, I'm sure to your – I mean, us being working in football, we do want to see a really good game. But yeah. for, like, the entertainers, like, they want to see 56 to 53. Yep, like, that's, you're right. That's best-case scenario for, for – non-football fans watch. But if you think about like the previous game they played at Super Bowl 54, it was 21-10 yeah. and then all of a sudden the Chiefs went on a 21 rip run to win the game. So like it there was kind of the the yo-yo on something like that too where it's just like all of a sudden the super intense and even think about the one that we talk about the the Patriots coming back against the Falcons. Mm. Like the idea of what that game was, you're like this is a blowout. People left it. It was 20 to 3 and then all of a sudden we're going to overtime. Like my dra- second favorite Super Bowl. But, that's th- <laughs> but just the drama of all of that kind of a thing. If you get a game yeah. like that, that for, that's true. Here's the other thing for the league. Like, if you have people, 
Super Bowl tends to attract probably the most viewing for any kind of a casual fan. If you have an entertaining game like that, it will hook people even more to say, this is really fun to watch. Yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, like you're just there saying. There are a lot of new fans out there. Yeah. That's the thing, like the idea of just having the Super Bowl as the culmination of your entire season, you want it to be a good, fun, competitive game versus being some sort of a blowout just so that you feel like there's kind of that capstone to the chaos of what just happened for the entire season. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, uh, one side note, you were talking before about coaching. The idea of, think about Andy Reid's legacy. Mm. You know, for a while, even before he got to Kansas City, there was kind of a question of, well, he can't, you know, couldn't get it done in Philly and just didn't work out that way. Since then, he's now, this is his fifth Super Bowl in 19 seasons as a coach. And he's, you know, trying to run it back to see if he can try and catch Belichick, Chuck Knoll, Bill Walsh, or Joe Gibbs for Lombardi's. And those are the only coaches that have ever had three Super Bowl trophies in their wow. or more in their career. That's crazy. So to have a guy like Andy Reid too, like he tends to be a guy who everyone just kind of points at him like this is your prototypical prototypical NFL coach. And I think for a guy like him, this game is going to mean even extra just to be able to then, you know, check that box and feel like he's elevated himself in history to one of the top NFL coaches that's ever been involved in the game. So really curious for his side, too, just to see how it all goes. Yeah, you you definitely have to mention his name and all-time greats if he can pull this one off. Kyle Shanahan, I mean, trying to get his first one as a head coach. Uh, I believe he's going to cement his legacy if he can finally get one also with the with the roster that he has. I mean, just being, in my opinion, the one of the, in my opinion, the greatest offensive mind in the game today. Uh, if he can pull one off, this will be, uh, this will finally cement his legacy. But before we move to Vikings uh, football, I'm, I'm interested to see how the bidding for Super Bowl sites are going to look going forward because the next three, next year is in New Orleans. The year afterwards, 2026, is in Santa Clara. 49ers are hosting that at Levi Stadium. And then 2027 is at SoFi Stadium. So I know the Vikings hosted the Super Bowl in 2017, but I'm, I'm interested to see from a business perspective how do teams in the Midwest or like the Vikings, I guess, get their bid accepted trying to host the Super Bowl, understanding that this is starting to become more of a entertainment event versus football game. So um, I'm not sure if you guys have comments about that, but I just came to mind just thinking about the future of the I mean, Super Bowl. The NFL's Bowl. always into the entertainment. True. True. For sure. I mean, look what they've turned the the draft into, and yeah. you see the Pro Bowl, and yeah. the, you know the, that's that's the beauty of it. But I think that's also something like the NFL and the football is so powerful, and you see that with new fans just because their favorite musician is now attending games. Like you can grow and cultivate an audience and football is so powerful it can bring music and a lifestyle and fashion all together and so I think that's the beauty of it because it's something that everyone can get along with you know and it kind of can like you said your niece is watching for those reasons and now she's interested maybe she learned she really likes it and all of a sudden she's like man my uncle knew what he was talking about right (laughs) man I I haven't told her many good things in her life so maybe this is one (laughs) I guess the thing on my end is you know you're talking about if it's if kind of prospects for Midwest teams and things like that. Um, Given the fact that they've even just announced that the Super Bowl is – Las Vegas is now in the mix as one of the regulars for Mm -hmm. this. So I think it's between SoFi, those guys, Phoenix – Atlanta is now in the mix. Um, you, you know, Jerry Jones is definitely going to be pushing to try to get him down in AT&T. Like, I think the idea for a lot of these teams as these new stadiums get built, it's kind of the idea of as long as the infrastructure in the area surrounding it can can support the event, you're probably going to get one. But after that, it gets a little dicey, and especially when 
like we're all just talking about the fact that this is supposed to be kind of a more than the game type event with all of the ancillary stuff going on outside of that. Mm -hmm. They want the nice weather. They want fans and people to be attracted to go to those places and not feel like they're going to be possibly, you know, standing out in sub-zero weather. So like just in general, I think it gets harder and harder for non warm weather sites to be able to get these things, but you'll see it periodically thrown in there, especially as more and more of these new stadiums are, are being Chicago. confirmed and yeah. starting to be built. So, yeah, yeah true. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, I think as much as the debate has happened, the idea of them playing Lambo, I mean, they've been pushing for that forever. And I think the, the two biggest things that kill them, one is the weather, two is just all of the, uh, the site commitments that have to happen. I think, yeah. if I remember right, when it was, uh, Super Bowl was here, I think it was over 30,000 hotel rooms had to be confirmed to be able to do that within the area. And so for a place like that, there are other smaller market type teams that they really struggle with some of that kind of a deal. So I think it just puts another barrier to entry for some of them. But, um, you know, I think the NFL is going to look at it and say if it's going to attract the ability to bring people to another site and celebrate football, they're going to do whatever they can to make it happen. I think it'll end up being in Nashville when the Titans get there. literally took my words out of my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but they have, I think they have the infrastructure now Mm -hmm. that can support it with a new stadium coming. But if you think of a place like, but if you think about like Buffalo, right? Yeah. Like Buffalo is going to be the same Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Like it was similar to kind of our deal. And we did have the, the really cold snap that hit during that week. So just, (laughs) but, but just the, in general, here this year, right. That's the thing. So, so just in general, I think that it, those kind of pieces do come into play. And I think having it in a place like Las Vegas that handles all the conventions, handles all the chaos. Well, they're going to make a boatload of money and, and, you know, all the private jet uh, spots are all sold out for the week. Like, They are definitely going to be able to handle this, and it'll be fun just to see how, in totality, the city reacts and how the NFL reacts to to the event. Well, look, we just replaced our turf at US Bank Stadium, so look, we're we're trying to <laughs> put our bid in or make some some upgrades as we uh, move forward to put our bid in for the Super Bowl. But Lindsay, as we move forward, just talking Vikings, um, this is going to be a huge offseason for Kwesi and his staff. Understanding that, have have you had a chance to? I mean, it's still kind of fresh, but have you had a chance to dissect this offseason and start to put things together of what you're most looking forward to when it comes to this Vikings team hopefully getting back in the playoffs in 2024? To be honest, I think at this point really only high level. Like there's obviously more that I want to do, and I think as we get into like – as I get into learning more of the players at the Combine and stuff like that, I'll probably have more thoughts. But, you know, this is – obviously the easy answer, but I think that there's just what happens at the quarterback position. Like, I think there's things like that where there will be dominoes that will fall. Um, so I think quarterback is is obviously a big question if we re-sign Kirk, if we draft somebody. I think the thing is, too, it can also be both and. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be one or the other. There are so many scenarios that could happen there. Um, I'm also interested to see, you know, what we do at the linebacker position. Um, I believe – it, it, it like I believe um, Jordan Hicks and uh, Troy Dye are both set to become free agents. Mm-hmm. So do we bring back one, both, neither? Like so, I'm interested to see what happens there. And then I think in the secondary too. Like we we have such a young secondary. I think it could be bolstered a little bit. Maybe that's something that we look at in free agency. Um, and then there's questions too as to Harrison Smith. And, you know, he said at the end of the season, he he's not going to make any decisions as far as um, if if he'll be back, if, if he retires, if, you know, I, I think he doesn't know yet what's going to happen. So lots of questions there, but but I would be interested in, in seeing the team look 
to free agency pool maybe to bring in another experienced veteran there in the secondary just because we're so young um, and I think that would be helpful. Yeah, I think overall like you you nailed the, like the highlight of the top probably three conversations going on with this Vikings uh, offseason. I think between Senior Bowl just finishing up, um, there's the HBCU Bowl coming up. There's there's a whole lot of pieces that are going to be hitting and let alone the combine hitting basically first week of March. Like yeah. everyone, classic question, what do you do in the offseason? Like there is no offseason. <laughs> right. As you we, sleep. we sleep. Yeah, well, that was, you get a break. So you yeah. went to the Pro Bowl, now we got the Super Bowl, and now yeah. you know more and more chaos just keeps coming up week after week. So yeah. it is the fun, exciting side of it. Um, you know, even for college football, they get a little bit of re- reprieve while the NFL season is finishing. But then as soon as the NFL season's done or even as it's finishing, you're already launching into what's happening with those college prospects. And you're starting to see a lot more discussion of whether, um, you know, who's going to be available for trading this offseason yeah. or even, for, uh, you know, who's going to get cut, blah, blah, blah. Um, so between all of that plus the college recruits and, as you said, I think, you know, the quarterback position is probably the biggest domino that you got to figure out. And so just in general, um, you know, we're already seeing – all of these storylines starting to pop up and, and it just kind of proves like, you know, no rest for the weary and and just jump into it and, and keep it going as much as you can because everyone is just hoping and and basically anticipating that this Vikings team is going to reset and get another run here for the playoff run in 2024. I think I said the other day to someone, I was like, yeah, right now it's talking season. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like we've got the Pro Bowl in the rear view, Super Bowl popping in the rear view, then all we're going to do is talk for the next few months about what's going on, <laughs> how it's the reactions, the the smoky mirrors. Yeah, you're just trying to figure things out what, you know, what what the front office is going to do and the combine and all that stuff. So it's kind of exciting. It it kind of yeah, it makes me a little nervous like I'm always like, "Ooh, what's going to happen this week?" or I get a little excited. One thing that I think is going to be interesting that they were talking about at um the press conference to open the senior bowl. I was going through and listening to that, and I hadn't thought about this perspective, but because of NIL money and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, which is really good for for college athletes, right? But because of that, they were saying that a lot of the players who may have in previous years been day three picks Mm -hmm. end up staying in college for another season due to NIL money, and so that's good for the player, but how does that impact day three of the draft how does that impact like the depth of like talent that's available there and undrafted free agents too yeah absolutely so I don't necessarily have an opinion but I just think it'll be interesting to see what type of impact that has on the draft on on the undrafted um, pool as well as players start to stay in a little bit longer develop a little bit longer um, at the college level. Yeah, a guy like Sam Hartman comes to mind. Um, played at Wake Forest for a few years, went to Notre Dame last year, used this used his um, COVID year as his fifth year and had his best year of his college career. And now, looking back a couple of years ago, you're thinking, okay, well, this guy may be a third or fourth round pick. Now he has that experience. How does that how does that change the value of what he can do in the NFL, understanding that he has extra years of college, extra years of experience? So that's a really good point, really good question, uh, really good um, insight for, you know, Quasey and all the general managers um, that are going through that process this year because you do have to weigh all of that money. Like, how does that affect motivation? Right. How does that affect val- – like, th- I think to your point of – NILs being beneficial for college athletes, I also think it kind of waters down the middle of the draft, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. just simply due to the fact that 
all right, are, the, are these guys just playing for money or are they actually playing for a job in the NFL? Because, yeah, the NFL is a is a dream, right? It's still a, and I, mm-hmm. you know, the goal for a lot of these guys. But when you get a first-round pick in who's been making more money in college than he did in the NFL, like how does that affect how you grade the guy based off of his performance in college? So a lot that, – that could be a podcast in itself right there. But I, I think it's those are interesting. very interesting. And it's going to be a very interesting offseason as we – you know, start to look forward and thinking of opportunities for future Vikings being here in purple uh, this upcoming offseason. So, Lindsay, my, my last question to you is anything that you can plug on the website that you're working on or that uh, you, Craig, or Ellis are working on right now that Vikings fans can can look forward to? Yeah, um, I I definitely appreciate that. I always, always appreciate fans jumping on and seeing what we're uh, putting out right now. I know that we've had some mock draft stuff already mm-hmm. coming out, um, definitely relevant as we're talking about right now. Uh, Craig was at the Senior Bowl and had some good stuff coming out. I have a couple of fun just features that I'm working on. Um, I had some Pro Bowl features this past week, but I think people are – uh, familiar with JJ Vikings on <laughs> on Twitter and and kind of the that Vikings fan base there. I was able to speak with with him and his mom Mabel and have a fun story coming out on him next week. Also, keep an eye out for uh, a story on three uh, Vikings fans who are international. Um, we've got a UK fan, a Canadian fan. Both of those are season ticket members, um, and then a longtime fan who lives in Australia. So. Some interesting off-season stuff coming up. Yeah, we also have an episode of Pick 6 coming out this week. Your questions have been very welcome. I highly encourage you to download the Vikings app if you have not already and sign up for those notification emails because there's going to be a form that you can fill out and submit questions anonymously, which I, well, you don't have to be anonymous. But (laughs) I think when I put it up on Twitter, sometimes maybe there are fans out there that might not want to like put their question out there for everyone to see. Um, And so this way you can submit your questions and I'm the only one that sees it. So, (laughs) you know, and don't be offended if I kind of switch your questions up a little bit. You know, guys, we can't have like super, super negative questions. Like we don't want you to be like, why, why, why are we not winning the Super Bowl or something? Like I'm, we're, 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 those are great questions. We're constructive. (laughs) We're all about the constructive criticism. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, the way that I look at it when I, I don't know why I'm getting on the soapbox right now. I was not planning on it. But the way I look at it is like if you're submitting a question to me that was like, oh, you know, like, like oh, ask Quasey, what's he up to? Why is he doing this? I, if you don't feel comfortable telling that to his face, neither do I. So I'm probably not going to ask that question. So, I, so I, I like to get good answers and constructive answers, constructive questions, things like that. So. Now that I'm off my soapbox, please tune into Pick 6. <laughs> a lot of content on Vikings.com, Vikings fans, so make sure you stay tuned for the most up-to-date coverage of the team. Uh, it's going to be a fun week, Super Bowl week. That is the the ultimate goal of every team in the NFL. Unfortunately, the Vikings didn't make it, but the best thing about Super Bowl week is that next week every team is 0-0 and every team has the same goal going forward. So hopefully, Vikings fans, we can get that ultimate Lombardi trophy that we all dream for. <laughs> Jay, Jay deserves it more than anybody. <laughs> if you I've... listen to his stories off camera, he deserves it more than anybody. So uh, Vikings fans, thank you for tuning in. Maybe we can get a trophy. 
I want so, a ring. <laughs> just once, just once, I want a ring. Would you wear it every day, Jay? Uh, I would probably wear it every day for a while. It'd be kind of fun. <laughs> and then to hide my hands in my pockets as I'm in public. No, you should just yeah. reach for stuff with that. Hand. <laughs> just show everybody. But Vikings fans, thank you for tuning in all year. Off season, all regular season, all playoffs. We, we appreciate you. We're going to have plenty of more episodes this off season. But as we conclude the 2023-24 regular season, we just want to tell you thank you. We appreciate all the comments and all the love that you guys have shown on this podcast and on social media. So for Jay Nelson, Tatum Everett, Lindsey Young, our producer, Eric Davidson, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you guys again for tuning into the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. Talk to you next week. 87% of our food comes from rural America. Farmers are incredible. Agriculture is incredible. And rural is incredible. Lando Lakes is a farmer-owned cooperative and proud official sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings. Say hello to flawlessly smooth skin at Pure Lux Med Spa, the preferred med spa of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. Specializing in elite laser hair removal, body contouring, Botox, cosmetic filter, and age-defying skin care treatments such as Diamond Glow and Skin Pen for collagen induction therapy. For more information, visit MyPureLux.com backslash Vikings for exclusive offers to Vikings fans. That's www.MyPureLux.com backslash Vikings.